Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. As a small business owner, you are the one that is often spinning all the plates. You're the social media manager, the content creator, the designer, the buyer. You're even packing the products most some of the times. But what about when your business starts to grow and you need to think about hiring staff? Today, I'm joined by Mandy Hermela, founder of Modern HR, the go-to HR expert for when you're scaling your business and when the business can't function with just you anymore. We're going to talk about how you know if it's the right time to hire staff, what to look for in your new hire, and what to do if it doesn't work out. Thank you very much, Mandy, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So before we go into the questions, can you give a little bit about your background and how you came to set up Modern HR? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've always worked in HR for the last 20 years, um, mostly for big corporates. And then about five years ago, I set up Modern HR to really specialise working with small businesses. So I've worked with charities and tech startups and very small entrepreneurs on the retail side. Um, And essentially, I want to provide a top quality HR service in a much more flexible and affordable and accessible way to the small companies that really do need help when they're growing their team, managing people and getting the legal side right. And I think, you know, when people are scaling at that stage, they don't really know what they're looking for. Sometimes they don't know how to go about it. They, yeah. It's the legal side, all of that kind of thing that they, you know, they have questions about as well, but we will, we will get to some of that. So let's go in straight with how do you know when it's the right time to hire staff? What are the kind of signs for you as business? Sure. So I think when you're first starting out, there are a couple of relatively, I guess, more obvious signs. So it could be that you've got too much work on your plate and you feel like you are reaching burnout because you've just got so much on and you've got no one to give it to you but you. Um, It could be that you've got big ambitions and you really need to just free up your time because you're so busy creating the products or doing social media that actually if you you don't have the thinking time to be able to work on your business you know it's about looking at yourself if there are things that you are not good at Mm -hmm. then and they're important to your to your growth and to your business journey then sometimes it is better just to outsource it and because you know if it's important if it's something that's a lever that's going to take you you know much faster in the direction you need to go in then you can't do it all yourself. It is good to really reflect on what are your strengths? What's your zone of genius? What are you really good at? And if you're not very good at the bookkeeping and the receipts, then look to outsource it. If you're not very good at attention to detail and, you know, outsource that, have a real think about what's going to be, you know, important. Um, and and that's, that's really the key to it. It's how are you going to achieve your goals faster? And I think just come back to you, sorry, to your, your point about the thinking time, because if you continue on that hamster wheel and you don't have that thinking time to be creative and, and a plan and make a strategy, then you don't grow, do you? You just continually doing the doing. 
Absolutely, yeah. I think that that time to think and plan is really important. And mm. if you have, you know, if you're a person that likes to set goals and targets for your business and often find the more creative people, yeah. <laughs> uh, that can be, some love it, some hate it. Um, but if you've got goals, it's it's when it, when it comes to hiring, it's thinking about how you're going to achieve those goals or those targets you've set yourself. So if you want to sell 100 items or 1,000 items, mm-hmm. Can you do it on your own? And if not, what what is it that you need that could help you? What skill set or what can what role do you need or what do you need to outsource to be able to free up your time to get you there? And I suppose a lot of people's concern would be the cost of hiring new staff. Yeah. And whether it's worth it for them in their business. What would you suggest about that? I think, yeah, cost is always an important thing to ask yourself, can you afford it? But equally, sometimes it's, can you afford not to mm. do it? Because it depends on what you're looking to outsource. If you can free up an hour of your time a week, what is that worth? Yeah. Um, cost-wise can be very tricky because it depends on the role that you're looking for. It depends whether you're thinking about contractors or employees. And um, there can be a huge range of different cost factors. Um, but I would also say talk to your accountant um, if you've got one, because they can give you advice about, you know, or, or budget advice about, you know, what could you afford? And it could be start very, very small. You just outsource one simple thing. Um, but that does free up a couple of hours of your week that you can invest and get that return on your investment. Just because if you outsource it once doesn't mean that you have to continuously outsource it. I remember I was doing something. It was a project and. I was just learning a pro. It was basically doing things on Canva and it was taking me forever and a day because I wasn't used to the the program. So I I outsourced it to a VA, gave them all the content, but then they put it together. And what literally took them an hour and a half because they they could do it in their sleep would have taken me a day and a half. You know, so in terms of cost per hour on that, you know, it was much more beneficial to to pay for a VA at about 30 pounds an hour to to put that together which would have cost me a day and a half so in terms of when when should you hire contractors versus full-time employer uh, staff or I suppose freelance people versus maybe someone that you've got on a contract basis or a uh, full-time basis yeah so there are there are lots of buckets but in the law there are three main buckets I, I would say for when you're thinking about hiring So there's the freelance contractors, so people that are self-employed. There are employees, which could be a permanent full-time employee, could be a part-time employee, could be a what we call fixed term, so it's for a set period of time, so somebody coming in to do a project as an employee. Um, Or the third bucket is called a worker. So that's almost in the middle of a contractor and an employee. Employees have lots and lots of rights by law. Self-employed contractors have not very many rights mm-hmm. by law. And a and a, a worker is kind of in the middle. Um, and that might be somebody like a zero hours person that comes on and they aren't contracted to work a set number of hours. You just give them work when you've got it and they accept it when they can and it's more of an informal arrangement. Um, and there are pros and cons for all those three different types of hires um I guess one of the biggest things to weigh up is well flexibility um, Mm -hmm. and commitment 
So with a self-employed contractor, sometimes if, if it's your first time, you're just testing it out, you're just looking to outsource something, then it might be best to hire a virtual assistant or an inbox manager or a picker or a packer that can just come in and, and, and do it, test things out whilst you're seeing whether that is a role mm-hmm. that you would like to commit to more permanently. So with with um with a self-employed contractor, you have, I guess, more flexibility over uh, um, your cost because you're just literally paying them. Same with a, a, a worker. With an employee, it's often cheaper to hire them per hour. So the hourly rate is cheaper because you're adding on pensions and holidays, things like that, whereas a self-employed contractor would build that into the cost. Mm-hmm. The biggest downside with hiring a self-employed contractor is you don't really have control over when or where they work. So an employee, you've got much more control, which is a really good thing. It's often cheaper in the long run. They do have more rights, which you need to be aware of. Um, Self-employed contractor has almost the opposite effect. And with an employee then, is it at no matter what many hours they're working for, you have to provide a pension for them? Um, there are, they have to earn a certain amount of money and they have to be a certain age. But yes, yeah. pension is generally for everybody. Right, um, okay. Employees can opt out, but you have a duty to automatically enrol your employee into the pension scheme. No matter no matter what the hours they're working for you? If as they're an employee. They a certain income threshold. So it doesn't right. matter about the hours, it's more about the income that's, that's earned okay and what's that income threshold just so it's roughly about ten thousand pounds a year okay and what should you be looking for in your new hire i always say that when you're thinking about hiring somebody be really clear on what the outcome is that you want Mm -hmm. so in three months time when you've got this person working for you What will be different in your business? What will you have achieved by having them and paying out that money to them? Some people see hiring as a cost. I personally prefer to see it as an investment um, because you are investing in your business. You are looking to achieve something. So being really clear from the outset about what it is you want to get from that hire is important because when you've hired them, you're going to know you know, you're going to get that return on your investment and you're going to be able to assess their performance to make sure that you are getting, you know, getting what you want from them. Um, and you also be able to give them clear direction and clear clarity about, you know, their priorities, what they need to have done by when, which mm-hmm. will help, be helpful for them as well. And um, I suppose as well, it's kind of like you say, uh, I've seen on some of your Instagram posts is like looking for the people, hiring your weaknesses. You know, if you hate doing the admin or you hate doing a certain role, then... You're going to procrastinate about it. You're probably it's probably going to take you longer, uh, you know. And it's fine. It's hiring someone that loves that kind of loves what you hate, or is 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 very good at what you're what you're a bit weaker at. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really into um, strengths at the moment, and and mm-hmm. really th- being clear on your own strengths, and then being clear on you know the strengths of other people in your team. So absolutely, you know, especially when it's just you and one other person, or you and a couple of other people the collective strengths of the team is really important. So yeah, if you're not so great at something, um, you know, having somebody else on the team that is really great really helps you to, you know, to bounce off each other. Um, so, you know, the, the key things really when you're hiring someone is, can I work with this person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do they have the skills to be able to do the job? 
um, the values, you know, the, the personal values are, are really important um, between obviously you and, and, and the people that you're building. And also having diversity as well within the team is important. So not having someone that's a clone of you that thinks the same way, someone that brings that different perspective or outlook on what you're doing, um, especially with a product-based business. You want to make sure that your team is, you know, understanding the customer base that you're serving. So making sure that you're thinking about that when you're building out the team is a definite advantage, I would say, because then you're, you know, you're really close to the customer and, and, and the team that you've got can help you think about different objections that people might have to buying it or different ideas and, and come up with new ways of making sure that you can really add the value and serve that customer well. And what if it doesn't work out? What if your hire doesn't work out? What What are the reasons why it may not work out? And what can you do about that? Um, I mean, the statistics around bad hires are shocking. <laughs> uh, it, sometimes it, it just doesn't work out. Um, yeah. and, I, and I see a lot of business owners take that really badly, actually. It can be really horrible. You know, you've invested your effort and your energy and your time into hiring someone and then for it to not work out at the end it can be you know really upsetting for, for, for you and the person that you've hired um, it can also put people off hiring ever again yeah. um, which and I would say you know if, if actually if you ever had a bad hiring experience then you know you're not alone and it, it happens but it's about the learning from that to then make sure that you don't repeat that mistake with the next person um, reasons why it doesn't work out um, are are varied. I think sometimes business owners can be very excited about hiring and haven't really thought through what exactly they're looking for, what the role is that they need. So sometimes there can be a mismatch in terms of skill sets or yeah. yeah, or what the business owner you know is expecting or wanting or you know, or what the employee is able to, to offer. Um, sometimes the recruitment assessment process has not been strong enough. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, that, uh, this is not a surprise, but some people lie on their, yeah. <laughs> during an interview, they can exaggerate. Um, some can outright lie about what their skills are, what their experience is, which is why doing the reference checks is really important. Um, but again, sometimes somebody might not be able to do the job um, because yeah. they've over-exaggerated what their skill sets are, what their experience is. So that can be a reason. Um, or, they may not, or they may not have been given the training. That's yeah, absolutely. To do it. So I guess that's on one side. But on the other side, it's, you know, when you hire someone, you do have to make sure that you free up the time to invest in them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes if you've hired someone and they start and you just give them, you know, a list of things to do, people need more than that. Yeah. Um, you know, they need to have a proper induction process, which will include, you know, what your vision, what the goals are, what the job is, what the expectations are, how you two are going to work together, um, what support or training they might need to be able to do the job. So it's, you know, the, the responsibility is on the person that is doing the hiring um, to make sure that they have given that person every opportunity to, to succeed, um, you know, to and if things don't work out, then at least a business owner can feel like they have literally tried everything. Um, some people feel like induction, oh, that's not a good use of time, or, you mm. know, people don't need it, but but they really do. Um, you know, it's important to make sure you're setting up that person for success for everyone's sake. Um, 
but it, sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes you know it's there's no blame it, it it just isn't a good match and you know sometimes personalities clash or it's a whole range of things I think um, I suppose as well, it's more those people that are starting with smaller businesses, even though you're a small business, think about what you, you know, if you were in previous employment, you've always had a probation period, you know, yeah. so putting those things in place so that you have a probationary period for your, you know, your employee, yeah. even if it's just you and them, that it's on a, a three month or a two month or one month, whatever it is, probation period that you only then have to give them one week's notice if it doesn't work out. Absolutely. So I'd say that, yeah, the contract is a really important document for, for any for any business of any size, actually, but particularly for small businesses and building in the things that are going to protect you. So if somebody if you if you, you know, if you're hiring someone and then you take up references and it turns out, you know, they haven't worked where they said they worked, mm-hmm. for example, or, you know, if, if your employment is subject for them having a, um, a DBS check. For, for, because you're working with children or, or something like that and they fail that you know making sure that's in the contract um, and having the probation period like you said is a really important thing um, although it doesn't exist in law having a probation period within a contract that sets out this is for a trial period yeah and it's for both parties to assess that that is the right you know it's a good match and, and it works well for everybody and having a lesser notice period during that time yeah. Um, so you don't if it doesn't work out you're not paying them for a month or having to work with them for a month and it's really awkward um, yeah. you know that's really important so the contract is a very key document for any hire um, and the probation period is an important process and it's you know it's, it's good practice to take that seriously and to have kind of check-ins during that probation period with your employee to make sure that you're happy with their work but also they're happy with you Um and having that honest and open conversation, you know, as you as you work together, um, the average probation period is now actually six months. Um, even so, for a very even for a very junior position. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I'm seeing that more and more because sometimes three months isn't enough to a yeah. You know, it's not a, if you especially if you're hiring over the summer or something, and people have got holiday the side, and um, and also with more virtual working as well. Um, yeah. Six months seems to be a a, a more common length of time but equally you know three months it, it's it's really whatever you feel is progress for some roles it might three months might be better um for some roles it might be better for, for six months so it's about choosing that period that's, that's fair and, and reasonable and from the legal side so do you in terms of in your uh, how you support small businesses um explain the le- you offer legal support there as well do you I offer HR support, which covers employment law. Yeah. So I'm right. not a lawyer. Just <laughs> I do. I'm fully qualified in HR and um, in HR, all of what I do is pretty much reliant on employment law. So yeah, I need to make sure I have a very deep understanding of it to be able to advise effectively. And th- so in terms of getting those contracts sorted for people, is that something that you help with as well? Yeah, I do a lot of work with contracts, making sure, because contracts are really important and people think, oh, I'll just download a free one or I'll just make one up myself and you know and, and and essentially any bit of paper that two people sign that says it's a contract is technically a contract mm-hmm. but you know it's important that a contract is is worded in a way that's understood some people have all these very legally contracts and the, the employer is sending them out and they've got no idea what they're actually saying and then the employee's got no idea what they're saying and everyone's signing it and 
nobody knows what the rules are. So yeah. making sure you understand your own contract um, and it has things in there like who owns your IP. Um, confidentiality yeah. um, is really important. If you're a small business and you've got some, you know, good ideas and, you know, good strategies going on, making sure that your employee has signed something to say that they are keeping that confidential is so important. Um, you've got things like non-compete agreements as well. So they're not going and, you know, learning everything from you for six months, and then going and setting up in copying your exact business and setting up in competition with you. There's lots of things to consider uh, when you're hiring somebody and not to scare anybody because you can't grow without you know, yeah, so that, that's what I wanted to kind of come to as well. I don't want people to think, oh my God, this sounds horrendous. I'm not going to hire anyone, you know, because you do need to hire to grow. Absolutely. You do need to hire to grow, but it's, you know, it, it's about everything. It's, it's always a risk running your own business. You take risks every day, you make decisions every day. So it's, you know, it's worth investing in having a good contract in case anything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But most people don't want to, sue you most people want to do a good job and come and work for you but having that contract in place as a backup is good for peace of mind and just making sure you know you are compliant with the law um but you know hiring people is especially if you've got a business where you know you're you are looking to scale um, and some people having a very small lean team is brilliant for them and other people get energy and ideas and love managing bigger teams um, there's no right or wrong when it comes to building a team, but you cannot do it alone. You, you just can't. So making sure you've got contracts, you're giving clear instructions, you know, you're really sense checking, you know, is this taking me closer to my goal? Am I going to be able to move faster with the help of this person? Is this skill set what I really need? Um, but nothing is set in stone. And if, if a hire doesn't work out, if it's a self-employed contractor, it's a lot easier to... Mm-hmm terminate their contract and just let them know that you you don't require their services anymore um in line with whatever you've agreed with their you know their terms and if it's an employee again it's about giving them the opportunity and the feedback so they know where they're falling short if you like and so they can improve and and if it's a really worst case scenario then you would move to you know saying that the probation period had not been passed and ending things and you know, as much as that's scary and not nice and nobody wants to hire somebody to be in that position, you're never stuck. Obviously, you're never stuck. You know, there's always options available mm-hmm. for, for these things. So, Mandy, just in terms of salary guides and knowing what to pay people, where can people find that information? So if you're hiring an employee, then I think it's, in terms of employee salaries, there are lots of guides. So most recruitment agencies publish free salary guides so you could simply google what what the role is and um type in you know um salary benchmarking survey for example mm-hmm. on google and i'm sure you you will come up with you know something that is relevant to to the role that you're looking for i would imagine um, linkedin probably do something as well linkedin probably have something when you go you LinkedIn know either... do. Yeah. yeah linkedin do um, I think you might have to pay for that, though, but you can okay. get a salary. Essentially, what they generally share is a salary range. Yeah. So what's the lowest salary and the highest salary, which gives you a range? And then somewhere in the middle of that is the kind of the median um, average competitive salary. Yeah. Um, you can also, um, you know, if you if you go to look at, you know, if you type in the job that you're looking for and the location that you're hiring in, 
and go on to something like workinstartups.com or Indeed or any of those kind of popular um, yeah. job sites for small businesses, then, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the right location, you can see, you can get a good gauge of what other companies are paying for that amount. Yeah. Um, okay. What I would say for small businesses is it's worth, because often you can't be so competitive on salaries um, as you, you know, as you would be for, for the larger companies. So think about what you can offer because every small business that I work with has something amazing that they can offer the employees. It might be flexible hours. It might be, um, you know, free, free products. If you, you know, if you've got yeah. an amazing kind of product that, you know, the employee is really passionate about and could be kind of staff kept discount off that, or it could be an, an amazing location or working from home or, you know, being part of something that is environmentally friendly or anything really. So yeah. I'd say think about what you can offer that's not monetary mm-hmm. and talk a lot about that. Talk about a, a lot about the vision and, and what you're trying to achieve because that does attract people, you know, a lot more sometimes than just the base salary. Pay, yeah. Um, on its own. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to finish off then, what would you say your three top tips are when hiring? Be really clear on what what you need um so be clear on your why so why are you hiring what are you going to achieve from it um i think that would be my number one tip mm-hmm. um, just to be really really clear my second tip would be to invest time in thinking about how you are going to assess the um how you know the the, the person that you're interviewing so what questions we ask them and how will you decide on the best person for the job? What's your criteria, if you like, yeah. for hiring? What's your, what's your, what's your ideal employee, I suppose? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So being really clear on, so you know what the role is, great. But, you know, how are you going to assess to make sure you make the best hiring decision possible and hire the, the right person? And my third tip would be to get a good contract in place. Do not skimp on that. It's one thing you should really invest in for your business. Um, to make sure it covers you in case things go wrong which hopefully they won't but just as a backup (laughs) fantastic thank you and mandy how can where can people find you and how can they work with you um so you can find me at www.modernhr.co.uk um you can work with me in a number of ways i love helping small businesses to have um, top quality hr support so whether that's help with hiring managing people contracts hr policies processes hr tech Um, I can support you with all those things. Fantastic. We'll put the links to your website and your Instagram on uh, in the show notes as well. So thank you very much for joining me today, Mandy. Great. Thank you so much. And Start, Scale, Succeed is released every week. So there'll be a new podcast for you next Thursday. So if you've enjoyed this, I'd love for you to leave a review and subscribe and we'll see you next week. Mm